Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the I Am Podcast. You guys, I am so excited because for the past, it's probably been about a year now, I have just loved and learned so much from, I just, I call her the queen of all the things, the queen of everything. (laughs) But today we have Ty Alexander on with us and she is your online wellness hype girl. She's an author, she's a DJ, and everything she shares online has just been so empowering for my life. And I'm so excited for you to be able to have some of her power in your life also. Today's episode is called I Am Grieving But Grateful. Ty, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, I appreciate you. Oh, I'm so excited. To have you. I think it's been like a year since we kind of connected online, right? Yes. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've actually had a conversation. Like, yeah. Like outside of DMs. I know when your face popped on the Zoom, I was like, oh my gosh, it's real. I wasn't making this up in my head. She is real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, you already know I'm such a huge fan of everything that you're doing. So I kind of, I just want to jump right in. To everything. <laughs> so can you tell everyone why is it that wellness and this topic is so important to you? My mother passed away suddenly from lymphoma in 2013. And in the beginning of grieving, I remember feeling like I wanted to die. Like I did not want to be here I had thoughts of suicide plenty of times, you know, like it, life just felt like it just, I, I didn't deserve it anymore, you know? And then something, um, and I always say it was my mother's spirit once she got to heaven, you know, kind of trickled down all of the gems that uh, I believe happens when you get to heaven. Like, I think when you get to heaven, like God is like, okay, go down there and 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 lay your little puppet hand on all your people and make sure that they're they're okay. And so something just clicked and was like, you've got to figure out how to be well without your mother. Like you cannot. And at the time, I'm bad at math, but I was thirty something, um, almost forty. And so I was like, you can't go another because I, I what. 40 years, 50 years that you might live and be forever saddened, be forever miserable, be, you know, constantly living in this state of grief to what the world knows. Cause I'd still live in a state of grief, but for me, it's a more healthier way that I live or choose to live through it. And so something just clicked for me and said, I, I, I just can't do that. And so that's when I began to like explore what being well, like really what being well looks like, what it feels like for me. How does that, how does it have me showing up 
for myself in the world. And so after my mother died is really when I began to really think about that. I honestly hadn't thought about it before, hadn't thought about therapy, hadn't thought about, you know, if I was well, if I could be well, you know, and so I will say the catalyst for that, you know, bittersweet would be my mother's death. There's so many parallels in what you just said between your loss and then what I experienced with the loss of our kids too. It's like this moment where grief buries you for a long time. And then it's like, you wake up one day and you realize I can't live like this forever. I'm drowning and I don't want to like, is this the rest of my life? Because if so, I want to opt out. I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. And so how is there a better way? And if there is a better way, what does that look like? And I, do you think that's just a natural part of grief that we all go through? Or do you think that there's the, do you think that there's a deeper choice that has to be made to get to that place and say, here's where I am. Now, how do I move forward? I think that when love is that monumental and it is that it, and I think ours is parallel parallel because you are you were the parent and I lost the parent so I yeah. think when 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 love is that monumental in such it it does take you to a place of how do I live without this yeah like, how how can I possibly move on and then again it's like well duh I have I'm supposed to like that like you know what I mean and 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 again at some point something clicks for you and I think it clicks for everybody but the choice that you're speaking of is what we get to after it clicks. Cause it could have yes. clicked, clicked for us and then we just ignored it. Right. Cause it's too hard. It's still hard. <laughs> I was talking to my good friend Hyatt before I came here and we were talking about just healing and she was like, Ty, this is just so hard. It's going to be hard. It's so hard. And it's not going to stop being hard. Like I want us to get to a place where we think of healing as just this ultimate journey that just keeps revolving and you get better at it. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like when you're turning the, 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 the wheel to kind of like ride a bike. And the minute you lose momentum, it becomes harder again to start over. That's what healing is. It's not a destination. We're not healing to get to this almighty place and be like, aha. Now I believe the aha is heaven. I'm not ready to go there yet. So I'm Same girl. <laughs> I'm still enjoying my, you know, my dance with healing. And I think it becomes easier when you realize that healing is just something that we do as a constant effort to be well. It's not this place that we go to and be like, oh, I've solved everything. The trauma's gone. You know, everybody, we're, we're done. Healing's over. Life is great. That's just unrealistic. This is not how it happens for us. You know what you just said that just gave me full body goosebumps was your dance with healing. I've never thought of or heard it described like that before. That's beautiful. And I don't know if you felt like this, but for me, I used to think that healing was this snap of the finger type thing. And I think maybe growing up in religion kind of teaches that sometimes too, or at least you start grasping this perception of healed, done, and, and now I move on. But like you just said, it's a dance and, and it's not one moment. It's this constant movement forward. And, and that is really, for me, that was a really hard realization 
knowing that, oh, this isn't something that's just going to go away. How I carry it is going to change and evolve and I can still be grateful and I can still find joy and I can still live my life. But this thing, like it's, it's mine for <laughs> the rest of my life. Yeah. I think we, I think we, again, we get into habits of thinking that as humans, we're not going to be hurt or harmed or disappointed at life. And that's just a, like you, the good and the bad absolutely have to run parallel and simultaneously, period. There's no yeah. getting around it. That's just how life was built. I would love to be able to tell people, sure, you're going to have a period of time where nothing's going to go wrong. No, you're, gonna, you're always going to have times where it's going to be great and it's going to be bad. That's just how life is built. And there's no, and, and I think for me, a part of my resolution around like dealing with grief was acknowledging that I'm sorry my husband's coming wait a minute oh that's okay that was a little chime from heaven <laughs> that, that was, we'll just say that was the chime from heaven <laughs> hilarious but um my my resolution with grief was that I don't have to always understand it I think also as human beings we get into this habit of reading all the books you know, listening to all the podcasts and all of that. And it's like, we're not going to understand everything that happens. But we it's want not, to, Ty. Of, I want of course, to. Yes, of course we want to. We really, 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 really want to understand this. We really do. But that's just not some things we're just not going to understand. That's so good, man. And giving yourself permission to know that it's okay not to have all the answers. Listen, I tell people all the time, I'm nobody's expert. I just happen to have been going through something and I, I, I'm sharing it with you and I'm learning as you're learning. But you're so wise. You're so, you're so wise in how you share. How, okay, so you have this realization that, and this question of can I be well in my life after losing my mom? So what was, what did that first step look like for you like what do you what if someone finds themselves right now where you were what do you do to take that first step forward the first step forward really is being honest with yourself about what you're feeling i yeah. think a, a a huge part of just being able to deal and be grateful was to understand that i was mad at god i was mad I was upset as a person who has learned about the Bible, has been a Baptist, like, like that. All, all, all of that, right? Like we're taught all of these things. And I kept thinking like, why on earth would he do such a thing? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. And I'm mad about it. I'm upset about it. And so the first step for me was really acknowledging that it's, I, I'm, I, it's okay to be mad. I lost a parent. A parent of mine is no longer here. It's okay for me to be mad. One of my friends told me after our first loss, she said, you have permission to be mad at God. God can handle it. God could handle you being mad. And for me, that was such a freeing concept though, because I was mad and then I felt guilty for being mad. And then I would just push farther away. And then it just created this whole this whole experience that on top of grieving, I was also grieving 
what I felt like was a loss of the relationship with who I thought God was. I don't know if that happened to you too, but that was a whole identity crisis for me because who I thought God was, part of my grief was starting to unlearn some of that and then relearn who really God is for me. And growing up in a very religious home, giving myself permission to know that if who I believe God is, is changing, that that's also okay. But it was this huge grieving because for you, when you lost your mom for now, did you, I mean, did you feel like you were losing other parts of your life too? Like, did you feel like you were grieving other parts of your life or other parts of yourself? I was going to say what I realized the most was that I had to figure out who I was without my mom. Yes. Oh, man. I don't think at that time, I don't think I had made a decision without telling my mom about it or running it past her. Or, or let, let me see what you think real quick. You know, and so having that kind of crutch, you know, snatched away from you, it changes. It absolutely changes who you are. And you really have to figure out, do I rebuild from that or do I crumble? That is it's so good. Very, very simple. It's a very simple. And people, and, and I think for me, I, I'm a very a black, it gotta be black and white. Is this this or this? And so a lot of grieving was easy for me to grasp because it is very black and white. It's a choice. You either go this way or you go that way. <laughs> like it's, it's it's no it's it's no middle. Yeah, there's not a lot of middle in grieving because you do you have to make this this mindful effort every single day of what choice am I going to make? Yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know about you, but for me, it's every hour, it's every minute, it's every yes. second. It's 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 not even an everyday thing for me. It's it's always being conscious of what that means of of what my grieving looks like how it appears to the world because that matters to me you know what i mean and so it, it's a constant decision all the time to pick the healthy side of grief and sure i may you know tumble back on the other side but once i get there like eh, nah, that is not where i want to be <laughs> let me go back on the other yeah. side. yeah you know what i mean so yes so at what point did you start experiencing and realizing that you could experience two emotions that were opposite. So grief, but also gratitude. I will say before my mom died, actually, uh, my mom was diagnosed with lip stage four lymphoma in like June of, of 2012. And pretty soon we realized that it was terminal. Um, maybe like three months later, it was terminal. And so we were all kind of preparing, you know, you kind of have hope in your mind, but I believe in science. And so when the doctors say it's not too much, you know, we're just, you know, those, th that language, you know, it, 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 it's a realistic thing that happens. And so I remember telling my mom, I'm, I, I, have, I was in the process of quitting my job and moving to New York because I was going to leave my job and become this writer you know, and write a book all the time or whatever. And um, I said, you know what? I'm going to put it on hold. I'm not going to move. I'm just going to stay home and, you know, help dad take care of you. And she looked at me and she said, no, you're not. You're going to go and you're going to live out your dreams. She was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die whether you stay here or not. And it was, 
and still is the hardest words I've ever heard in my life. And the decision for me to pick up and move as my mom was battling cancer brought on so much guilt. But it was the first time I knew what joy and sorrow felt like combined. I was in New York. I was living my best life, going to celebrity parties. I'm writing for, you know, all these publications. I'm just, you know, I'm having a ball. But my mom is dying. Like, how is that fair? How? It's not. <laughs> it's not fair. And I think that's part, one of the parts of grief that, feels really hard is that it doesn't feel fair and sometimes you try to balance that out to make it feel fair but i don't i just don't think grief is fair but what a beautiful lesson that your mom taught you like what a gift that is how wise and and beautiful to be able to leave that with you in some of her final days so as you were then grieving the loss of her when was the, do you remember the first time that you felt grateful, like grateful for your grief or grateful for an experience? Honestly, I, like I said, her, her, the last six or seven months were hard for us. It was really hard for me because it, it happened. If you know anything about stage four cancer, it happened very quickly. And the physical part of her body just became something that I did not recognize. At one point, I remember that last Christmas that we had with her, you know, a tumor had had uh, popped up on her eye and, and just so many things were happening that were very, I knew I could tell she was tired. I could tell she was in pain. And for me, I, I quickly resolved the idea of wanting her to be here if that's how I had to have her. If, 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 if I had to have her in the state that she was, you yes go on and be with the lord you can't you can't stay here no more and so i remember feeling just so grateful about some of my deepest and greatest conversations about my faith about my greatness happened in the last 7 months of her life and i'm not sure i can't confidently say that if she were here we'd have had those conversations and those conversations definitely shaped who I am today. They shaped, like I said before, how I think about wellness. They shaped, you know, what I feel about grief. And, and you know, I've lost other people, you know, after my mother. So even those experiences have been, if I'd say, a little easier, a little, you know, easier to bear because I know how to deal with those feelings. And so as bittersweet as it is, I would not be the person I am if she were here. <sighs> And I'm grateful for that because I love who I am today. I love who you are too. And even though I never met your mom, I can tell the type of person she is because of who you are. And so that just feels really, that just feels really special to me. And I'm very grateful for you for sharing these experiences with us because I know it's not easy, but there's also so much power that lives inside of them that you have also chosen to open yourself up to, to, to freely give to others. And I know that that comes with its own type of exhaustion sometimes. And I'm just very grateful for you sharing. You, you wrote a book. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you were a writer in New York before. That's 
That's really cool. That was like my dream growing up. I'm you're talking about that. My eyes were flashing. I was like, oh my gosh, tell me more. <laughs> That's really cool. So then, so then you wrote a book, but your book's called Things I Wish I Knew Before My Mom Died. I would love for you to share with us a couple of what those things are. So very practical. I talk about kind of the things that I should have done despite my mother saying no. Um, I should have took more pictures. I should have, I should have recorded her voice. I think one of my big, and whenever someone asks, like, what should I do? And because I get the, I get those questions I got a lot. I get the, you know, my mom is terminally ill or my parent is terminally ill. What should I do? And the first thing I tell them is to record their voice. You are going to need it later. And it is it is literally the one regret that I have because uh, I don't remember what her voice, I, I don't remember what it sounds like. I kind of make it up in my head a little bit, but I, I, I definitely cannot remember it anymore. And so in the book, I talk about very practical things to do if you're experiencing um, someone who is, you know, transitioning to the next, you know, part of our lives. I also talk about just being able to shamelessly love your people, whatever that looks like for you. I think a lot of times, we allow the past trauma. Because I mean, let's be real. We all parents as a parent, as a parent myself, I can tell you I messed up a lot. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not easy being a parent. You're gonna mess up. And I think when you're able to really move past those, you know, past traumas and the all, all the other stuff that happened when you were a kid and you couldn't figure it out, when you can move past that and still love each other shamelessly, hard, you know, uh, visceral even it becomes easier when you have to let them go. Because honestly, you and I are having a human experience, but I don't own you, you know? I even try to, I, I try not to use the term lost because I didn't lose my mother. I know where she went. <laughs> like, I, I didn't. That's true. Yeah. I didn't. Um, she died. Very clear on that. She's dead. And so it, the language matters for me. And in that, I try to think of it like, you know, because I loved her so hard, because I had her for, I don't know, 37 of my years, I am grateful for that, period. And you should be grateful for the hour that you and I spend together, the hours that you spend with your husband, the day you might spend with someone cool in the grocery store at the hair salon, like be grateful for all the human experiences that you have because they do indeed shape you for better or for worse. And so for me, I talk a lot about like how those human experiences have shaped me and, and have allowed me to kind of choose gratitude in a way that helps me heal consistently, as we say. I think we're given these moments in life, like these really special moments where we're gifted an amount of time with someone or, or a lesson with someone or a brief interaction. And, and life's kind of like this collection of these moments and these people that you're, you're very right, that we don't lose because they, they become so deeply ingrained to be a part of us as it shapes who we are. And everything that you just said too, I think is so beautiful even right now for people to be able to do with their parents who like are maybe are super healthy <laughs> or, or there's no sight of their last days ahead. Just 
creating these moments where we can save memories like their voice or, or like the photos. And if you're a mom listening, let your kids take photos of you. I, I mean, I, the amount of women that I, that I hear and see who don't love to be in photos, that's a memory that your kid has been just that they don't get. So let them take those photos. Before we end, your journey has led you to where you are now, which is this powerful beacon of hope and wellness and joy. And why is it so important for you now to to really be the wellness hype girl for others? Because you you don't have to, you don't it would be totally fine if you didn't share your experiences or pour into people the way that you do, but why it, has it become so important for you to become the hype girl for others who are on their wellness journey too? It is important for me to do this wellness work because I need it. Mm-hmm. I need, I learned like early on when my mom was diagnosed, I realized the feeling that I got from being vulnerable, from sharing my story, filled me up. Like if I'm having it, like like being being able to tell my story is what keeps me going. So when I get to tell you the story, I get to tell, you know, Jane Doe, I get to tell Becky, I get to, I get to tell all these people and we can relate, I am being filled. So I'm never, even when people think about or talk about like the work being exhausting, it never really feels exhausting to me because I cannot stop telling people how amazing my mom was and how grateful I am to have had such an experience with a human being who happened to be my mom. And so for me, when I can find people who can say the same thing, it just, it fills my heart up because then I realize, oh, well, hell, God really does love us, don't he? <laughs> yeah. And we're not alone. We're not alone in this. And I think... We're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. And I think that's one of the parts for me that helps fill me up because grief at first especially can feel very lonely and very isolating. And then realizing that, oh my gosh, I'm not actually alone. And in fact, there's this beautiful connection that now connects me to other people who I might not have been able to be connected to. But when we share, again, it's it's those special moments and people that oh, that enter into our lives that we wouldn't otherwise have. I tell people all the time that grief is definitely a, a solo experience that we have together. I think in grief, we all experience or choose rather three things. We choose if we recover, we choose when and how we recover, but it's a choice and we all make those choices. Period. Mic drop. (laughs) And (laughs) that is it. Ty, thank you. Thanks for everything you've taught me today. This conversation was amazing and I appreciate you being here. Where can all the people come and find you and connect with you and go grab your book? So my main website is tytyalexander.co.com because somebody has my name. Go figure. (laughs) We need to get that back for you. (laughs) Funny story. I couldn't even be mad because I should have done it myself. But the lady who has it, I, re- I did reach out to her, but she bought it for her son. 
who at the time <laughs> might have been like nine or something. And she was like, I know he's going to need it in the digital world when he gets older. So I'm not willing to sell it. Because I was like, I'll pay you whatever. Just give me my damn name. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to. I'm like, early. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, it's tyalexander.co. You can get my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. But it's most easiest on Amazon. Um, and of course, I'm on Instagram. Ty Alexander is my name. If you, I am Googleable, as they say. So. <laughs> I also think that this book is really powerful specifically right now because we're coming up on Mother's Day soon. And I know that Mother's Day is either a happy day for people or a very sad day or sometimes because of relationships that people have with their mom. It can be both happy and sad because we're all about feeling two things at the same time over here. And I, I think that your wisdom is so powerful, especially around this time of the year when feelings might feel a little bit heightened and you might feel alone. So go find Ty, go grab her book. And I just love you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley Kalemu so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.